The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host and publisher of Regenerate Magazine that you can check out at regeneratemagazine.com. Thank you so much for joining us, whether it's live or on demand. We love all of our listeners and want to support you and everyone who embrace the notion that although you may be members by birth of the baby boom generation or Gen X or Gen Y, that you can choose to be members of Generation Regeneration or Gen R by the daily choices you make to regenerate your body, mind, spirit, lifestyle, and career. And our guest today is Monica Corrado for part two of our Circle of a Nutritious Life series. Monica is a teaching chef, certified nutrition consultant, and certified GAPS practitioner who is passionate about illuminating the connection between food and well-being. She's a dynamic teacher, speaker, consultant, and author who loves to share the tools, knowledge, and inspiration to cook nourishing traditional food. Monica has been teaching food as medicine throughout the U.S. for almost 10 years after 18 years in sustainable food sourcing and preparation menu design, and management. She's a member of the Honorary Board of the Weston A. Price Foundation, and her current work focuses on the gut-brain connection. She enjoys empowering others by teaching them how to heal a leaky gut through food via the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Protocol, that's the GAPS protocol, and has written Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet with love from Grandmother's Kitchen and has compiled Baby's First Foods Chart. So much good stuff. Monica started her own Cooking for Wellbeing teacher training program since 2012, and she has tremendous results with those on the autism spectrum, ADHD, and autoimmune disorders. And for more information about Monica, go to her website at simplybeingwell.com. Welcome back to the show, Monica. It's so great to have you here. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. You're welcome. And we aired part one of our Circle of a Nutritious Life series on May 24th and discussed nutrition preconception for both mom and dad to cleanse your body, get your genes in a great state, and also during the pregnancy for the mom so that the mom and the baby are both nourished. These are both such important time periods. And today, we're going to discuss what comes after pregnancy, motherhood, and the stage of life that follows that, menopause. So let's start with motherhood, which can be divided into lactation and post-lactation periods. But firstly, Monica, why is breastfeeding so important and how long is optimal? Well, breastfeeding is critical for... um 
for the development of the baby. Um, there are people that say six months a minimum is important. Uh, we at the foundation uh, say uh, two years is really wonderful. Um, the reason it's so important is that uh, all the nutrients are coming from mom uh, to the baby in a very easy way, uh, very easily digestible um, in terms of nutrients. It's also important for bonding, of course. Um, but uh, the immune system, we find that children, babies that are nursed longer, have a much stronger immune system than those who are not. So really, we so encourage those moms um, to breastfeed for as long as you can, as long as uh, you are eating uh, a nutrient-dense diet. Because um, if, in fact, you are uh, nursing your child and that is their exclusive food, um, which it should be for a while, um, then you have to make sure that the mom is eating really good um Really good food, because if you're not having a nutritious diet, then then your breast milk will be nutrient deficient, obviously. So going back to that importance of what you're eating, moms, while you are lactating, to really make sure that you're having nutrient dense foods. Um, uh, so what do you mean by sure that your dense? breast milk is nutritious uh, for yeah, your child? So we're thinking of that six months to. Um, Months at a minimum, longer the better, longer the better, longer the better. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned nutrient-dense a couple of times. Let's talk yes. about that. Oh, don't we love that term? Yes. So nutrient-dense uh, has to do with the uh, relative um, amount of nutrients per um, uh, unit of food, if you will. So yeah. nutrient-dense food are those that are um, packed with nutrients in small amounts of that food. So they are things like eggs, um, liver from pastured animals, um, fish eggs, um, things like that that are very, very... There's, what it means is there's a lot of nutrients in a small amount. So nutrient-dense foods are very important for the lactating mom, and also, as we spoke of in the last segment, for the, uh, for the pregnant mom, too. Yeah, yeah, both. So if the mom is not eating nutrient-dense foods and breastfeeding, the quality of the milk will be less nutrient-dense. So what kind of problems will the baby have immediately or down the line as a result of that? Well, you know, the first thing that's going to happen is that the baby is going to be hungry. And so then the baby is, you know, um, crying a lot, not sleeping through the night, um, you know, and then those are the easy pieces, <laughs> if you will. And then we have, of course, developmental issues that happen if you don't have nutrient-dense breast milk, um, specific to brain function to begin with. Um, it's an interesting thing, if you think about it, Many, many, many uh, moms these days are complaining that the ch their child doesn't sleep through the night. And mm. um, mostly that's because of one of two things. One would be that the child is hungry. And uh, two would be that the child is reacting to something in the mom's milk. Um, that we call colic, colicky babies. 
that have gastric distress. But if the mom's milk is nutrient-dense and rich enough, then those children will sleep through the night uh, very early on. Interesting. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so say you do have a baby that, that is not sleeping through the night. Um, yeah. That's a that's a drain on mom's energy because she's getting up uh, and feeding the baby most likely. So, how will nutrient dense foods not only help the baby but also just give the mom more energy to do what's required of a new mom? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're looking for power packed, energy packed, nutrient packed foods for that mom um, while she is uh, nursing that child. And this means good, healthy fats and, again, good eggs, um, very low on processed foods. You know, processed foods and grains are just empty calories. So uh, we really encourage that moms eat um, just really good traditional food while they are nursing. Yes. Okay. So that means basically avoiding the center of the grocery store, anything that's boxed or easy to prepare has a gazillion ingredients in it that you need a chemistry degree to be able to pronounce. Uh, those are the dead foods that you had talked to us about during the part one of this foods, which, which have just been processed to where they're no longer alive and nutritious. So really a lot of good things from around the periphery of the store Organic, if possible, pasture-raised, absolutely, for meats and eggs, things like that. So that's, that's where we're going with nutrient dense. And it sounds like if mom does that, she feels better, the baby feels better. Uh, it's just a win-win for all concerned. Yes, but, but remember, just because, uh, let, me, let me back up. Nutrient dense is a specific term uh, to things like eggs um, and liver and um, <clears throat> fish eggs and cod liver oil, those are what we call the nutrient-dense foods. Mm. So just to be clear, just because something's organic does not mean it's nutrient-dense. Nutrient-dense. And it also doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a great point. That's a really great yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So how about when mom is finished with breastfeeding? Should anything change with regard to well, um, you know, when mom is finished, now it's time to... Her diet? Uh, yeah, with her diet. When she's finished uh, breastfeeding, then now it's time to build up her nutritional stores. Uh, first of all, to recover from the pregnancy and the lactation period. And then also, if she's thinking about having another baby, to make sure that her body has all the nutrients needed. So um, the other piece that I did not... Um, add in there, uh, speak about is uh, raw milk dairy is fabulous when you are nursing. So, uh, when you're nursing and when you're bringing your nutritional stores back up, so we're talking about um, cultured dairy products like yogurt and kefir, um, lots of good fat, um, meaning pastured butter and ghee, tallow. Um, duck fat, so rich fats and uh, good saturated fat, um, wonderful cultured dairy, good eggs. Yeah, all those things are really important. So as I spoke about in the last segment, 
the pregnancy diet is also good through lactation and also to rebuild after the um, period of um, lactation and breastfeeding. Okay. Yeah. And you brought up some good points right there, which I'd like to really delve into in the next segment because we're getting ready for our first break here. And that is how to regenerate the body after the pregnancy and the breastfeeding and also what the deal is with raw milk. That's a whole other conversation. And we're going to have <laughs> Yes, we're going to go there. So thank you, Monica, for all this information. And let's get ready for our first break. But before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show, who is, guess who? It's Monica Corrado. Did you know that culture dairy is an important part of gut healing and immune health? Learn how to make your own yogurt, kefir, and cream fresh at home with Monica Corrado's new ebook, on culturing dairy, part two of the series on cooking techniques for the gut and psychology syndrome diet. We're going to talk a lot about culturing dairy. This ebook is available at selenereverpress.com. That's S-E-L-E-N-E riverpress.com. Now let's get ready for that break. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Melhotra, and I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado. Stay close, and we'll see you in a jiffy with more great stuff. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado. And we've covered a lot of ground, both in part one of the series uh, about preconception and pregnancy, and now part two, which is talking about motherhood and menopause. And we just started talking about menopause in the previous segment, so let's keep going with that. So, Monica, let's talk about the foods that are ideal for this stage of life. And you hear a lot of talk about the importance of calcium for bone strength. So would you like to elaborate on that? Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, thank you. Um, Calcium for bone strength. Uh, (laughs) We have, yeah, that's really good because, of course, one of the things that plagues uh, menopausal women is osteoporosis. So you've got to wonder, why is that? Well, 
Some of that is because we're a nation of co- uh, coffee drinkers, which, of course, leaches calcium from the bones, but that's another conversation for another time. Um, but the other piece is that uh, women do not have enough calcium, bioavailable calcium, in their diet. If women would eat a quart or more of cultured dairy a week, uh, we would not have problems with osteoporosis uh, or bone strength, or uh, and our menopausal symptoms would be vastly decreased. So we're talking about like a quart of yogurt, folks. Um, the best, of course, is raw milk yogurt. Um, but if it's if it's not raw milk yogurt, then at least to go ahead and get organic yogurt that's from grass-fed cows, plain yogurt, whole milk. The whole milk piece is absolutely critical because the body cannot use the calcium without the fat. So please, ladies, women, do not be snookered into this idea of I have to have my 0% yogurt. Um, Low-fat or no-fat yogurt is doing you no good. You must have whole, whole milk yogurt to be able to actually use that calcium. Yeah, I would. I look forward to the day when I go to the grocery store and I don't even see no fat and reduced fat, especially That's yogurt, right. because Amen. it's still there. Yeah. It still persists. So let's get into the raw milk again. Why do you emphasize that? Why is the raw milk important? Well, raw milk and pasteurized milk are two almost two totally different things. I mean, they're still milk, but really. Um, we have to remember that the pasteurization process is a sterilization process. So, um, you know, pasteurization is sterilization. And when you sterilize something, um, you are killing all of the enzymes um, in that milk. You're killing all of the good bacteria in that milk. And you're actually um, uh, changing the structure of the protein molecules in that milk. So uh, pasteurized milk and raw milk are two very different things. Um, the body can easily utilize the calcium in raw milk and in the cultured dairy products made from it. Um, I never suggest that people, women, children, or anyone actually drink pasteurized milk because the body can't use it. Um, and, oh, by the way, when you drink that pasteurized milk, you get to drink all of the dead bacteria that's still in there just for you. Yuck. Yeah. And that can lead to other problems. Um, yeah. You know, not only do we have problem with the protein structure being changed, um, people reacting to that, but also uh, when you kill off all that bacteria... When they're dead, they're toxins in the milk, and then we have reactions to that. So, again, I, ne- I just do not suggest that people drink any milk unless it's raw. And if you can't get a hold of raw milk um, in your state, we have ten-, 10 states to go in the union that still do not allow uh, raw milk, just only 10, um, then to go ahead and just go use uh, yogurt. Don't drink the pasteurized milk. Just eat yogurt. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, of course, a whole other discussion is what a travesty it is that the government feels the need to regulate raw milk from farmers who raise pasture cows and do it very responsibly and very well. Um, 
when there are so many toxins that they could care less about that they just rubber stamp. <laughs> it's raw milk that's going to kill us, right? It's like, well, it's an interesting geez. thing. We do have to remember that uh, pasteurization of milk um, uh, from filthy cows is absolutely yes. critical to do. Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm never saying to, you know, make all milk available in this country raw. If, if you've got a cow in a feedlot that's standing in its own excrement and it has yes. mastitis, you darn well better uh, pasteurize yep. that, sterilize, pasteurize that milk, or you will get very, very sick or die. Yes, 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 yeah. that's right. Yep, yep, that's yeah. why uh, important to know where it's coming from, where exactly yes. it's coming from. So yes. uh, I think the Weston A. Price Foundation helps with that too, right? Oh, yeah. Well, again, one more time with feeling, you can find a local chapter in your area. Just go straight to the website and go to find a local chapter, and those leaders are volunteers that are uh, maintaining resource lists of how to find raw milk. Um, also, there's a wonderful website, which is realmilk.org, um, that you can go to um, that can tell you um, where to find uh, real milk, which is milk that comes straight from a cow. Right. A pasture-raised, grass-fed cow. Right, yeah. right. That's safe to consume. That's safe to consume. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that's the important part. Now, you also talk a lot about how culturing is important. So, oh, yeah. So can you elaborate on that for a moment? What is it that culturing sure. does? Sure. Well, you know, it's very fun. Um, uh, I just wrote part two of that, Cooking for the Gap Diet, uh, on culturing dairy that's just being uh, published this week. Um, yay! Culture, yay! Culturing <laughs> is, um, is, a, is a traditional method of actually... Um, preserving milk, um, whenever we culture, we add wonderful things to the milk. So culturing, just to be clear for people, cultured dairy is yogurt, it's kefir or kefir, depending on where you come from, um, K-E-F-I-R. It is uh, creme fraiche or um, cultured cream. It's all of those wonderful things, cultured butter. So what happens is we take the uh, dairy, the milk, the raw milk, um, or the pasteurized milk, and we uh, add a culture to it, which is live bacteria. And when we do that, we not only get the benefit of the live bacteria, but we also, uh, the bacteria will break down the lactose, which is a milk sugar that many people have um, problems digesting. So they'll break down the lactose, and they'll also start pre-digesting for you um, the casein, the milk protein. So culturing is what we call a pre-digestion process, and uh, it makes that milk so much easier for a body to uh, utilize, and it increases the vitamin content in the milk. Uh, it increases the enzymatic content in the milk. It increases the live bacteria in the milk. The good guys are those gut good guys for your microbiome. And, um, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Easy to do, too, by the way. Very easy. And you're going to be teaching something in that regard. Tell us about that. I am. If there's anybody in the northern Colorado area, anyone in Boulder or in the surrounding areas, I am teaching at a biodynamic dairy farm called Light Root Community Farm on July 9th in the morning. Uh, people can find out how to register on my website 
at on the calendar at simplybeingwell.com. And it's going to be a lot of fun. You get to go to a real live, fabulous, uh, beautiful dairy with grass-fed cows and um, we'll learn and taste and see just how easy it is. <laughs> That's right. And I, I registered for that, by the way, so I'm going to be there and I can't wait. Woo! Great. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that we're actually going to talk about on the other side of this break is something that I didn't know that Monica educated me about during a previous conversation we had that the milk from brown cows is better than from black and white Holsteins. And the black and white cows are so often what you associate with dairy. So that is going to be very interesting. And we're going to talk about that on the other side of this break. But let's get ready to go for that. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Balhotra. And I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado. So stay close and we will see you for our final segment or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn introducing the abundance cubed coaching program on gen r holistic radio wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems so host Sandra Malhotra and creator of Masterpieces, Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado. And today, for part two of the Circle of a Nutritious Life series with Monica, we're talking about two big periods in a woman's life, motherhood and menopause. And in part one, which we aired on May 24th, we talked about preconception and pregnancy. So we're covering a lot of area here. So let's continue with motherhood for a bit more. Monica, you were starting to talk in the last segment about how important it is for moms to regenerate their bodies for another pregnancy. So one question regarding that is, what's the best spacing for pregnancies? Oh, wow. Yeah. Spacing... No one knows about spacing in this country, I don't think. Um, mm. So what we say at the foundation, the Weston A. Price Foundation, is that two years is the best uh, amount of time to wait between the birth of one child and the conception of the next. In fact, that's really the minimum amount of time to wait, yeah. two years. So it's not two years between birthdays. It's two years between... Uh, from the time that first child was born to the time the next child is conceived. And what that does is it allows the mother's body to 
you know, regenerate. It allows the mother's body to build up, to resupply the nutrients um, necessary to grow another healthy baby. So two years is the amount of time uh, that's recommended as a minimum uh, between birth, between, again, the birth and the conception of the next one. Okay. So really you're looking at like the birthday should be about three years apart is what Mm. we're That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Birthdays three years apart. Okay. Yes. That's right. very good advice. Yeah. So you are a mom. You have a son. Yes. So yes. tell us, what was your experience like just through pregnancy and through motherhood, early stages? How was it for you? Oh, what a wonderful time of life. Yeah. I was happier than a clam at high tide during pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> All those fabulous hormones that, that kick in when you're pregnant. Um, I do have a fabulous son. He's 10 years old, uh, healthy as a horse. Um, I had a wonderful and easy pregnancy, uh, and a wonderful and easy, um, breastfeeding. Uh, my child, uh, was born at 10 pounds, four ounces. Wow. Big baby. Um, yeah, he's always been in, in about the 110th percentile in everything. (laughs) <laughs> which is really neat. Um, yeah. and, but I attribute all of that uh, to eating, you know, eating this way, eating a nutrient-dense diet. We were, I had been organic for about, oh, goodness, probably 10 years prior, mm-hmm. um, eating organic food and uh, practicing uh, the principles of the Weston Price Foundation and eating Lots of pastured eggs and lots of raw milk and raw cream um, and taking uh, some cod liver oil and eating lots of good butter, grass-fed butter, right through um, the pregnancy, well, before the pregnancy and then through the pregnancy and through lactation. So um, it was a wonderful time, wonderful time, and that's what it should be like if the physical body, if the female body is getting the nutrients she needs to grow a healthy baby. Um, the pregnancy will be uh, easy, and uh, so will, uh, and the child will be uh, given everything it needs to, the best possible odds of having a healthy child. Yeah. So that yep. brings up an interesting point in that mm-hmm. you said it, it should be easy and joyful. Now, yes. we know that in this country, there are lots of problems with fertility, which uh-huh. we're going to get into in part three, so we don't really need yep. to, to go into that now, but suffice to say, problems with fertility, problems with pregnancies, problems with breastfeeding, yes. da, 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 da. And so what you're saying is that that's an indication that something's going on. It shouldn't be that way. Absolutely. Absolutely an indication that something is wrong somewhere. And we have many difficulties with toxins in the air and toxins in the environment and toxins in our beauty products and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, once all that is said and done and and fixed and figured out to the best of your ability, the food is really the foundation. And, you know, um, America went low-fat, no-fat in the early 80s. you know, eggs had been uh, just really... Demonized. Um, yes, uh, very early on. So um, we have lots and lots of problems these days uh, with our children. The children that are being born are not healthy. 
Um, they are starved for nutrients in the womb, um, and we're seeing it. And we're seeing it with massive brain function issues with our children. Um, yeah. Those moms, we must be eating good fats during pregnancy and before. We must be having good salt. We must be having nutrient-dense foods. Um, we're seeing now the fallout from those dietary um, guidelines that came from the U.S. Surgeon General in the early 80s, um, and we're really suffering. Yeah. 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 yeah yep. I've, I've done shows on that before. Um, yep. What a scam all of that was, actually, uh, the way oh. it was even passed off as science. It was just ridiculous. So let's all just forget about low fat right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Already, Go eat your butter and your bacon. Do it. Yes. Just That's do it right. now. And your eggs. Yeah. <laughs> So, so this is a lot of great info. Where can moms go to learn more? You've mentioned a lot about the Weston A. Price Foundation, for example. Oh, absolutely. So there are two wonderful uh, places. One is the Weston A. Price Foundation, W-E-S-T-O-N-A-Price.org. There are local chapters all over the country and the world where people are going to uh, try to hook their you up with uh, locally sourced clean, sustainably raised, good, nutrient-dense foods right there. Um, I'd also suggest that people get to nourishingourchildren.org. It's a nonprofit organization that also has fabulous materials, educational materials. Um, and uh, there's a wonderful book. The uh, Sally Fallon also wrote The Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care with Dr. Tom Cowan, a fabulous book with lots of wonderful information for both uh, pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, and um, during the lactation years. Um, okay. Right there, available. That's great. That's great stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. So the information is out there. Uh, you just have to know where to look for it and then read it and put it into action. So, yes. yeah, thank you for all these pointers. Now, let's move on to menopause. At what age should this generally occur for women? Oh, wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, in, <laughs> in this day and age, menopause is happening earlier and earlier. Uh, that's part of a function of uh, how sick we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it used to be that menopause wouldn't start until much later, um, 50, 55. Um, there are people going into premenopause at 35, at 42. Oh, my um, Yeah. So at this point, it uh, really would depend on how well you've been eating all your life, um, how nutrient-dense your diet is, how balanced you are, how much stress you're under. Uh, what time menopause will actually start. Um, some people would say rearing its ugly head, but it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be easy and joyful and, yeah, just another phase of a wonderful uh, woman's life. Yeah. So, okay, interesting that the early menopause, yet another canary in the coal mine here, as mm -hmm. far as how toxic our environment and bodies have become. Uh, but yeah. also, again, you mentioned again, it shouldn't be horrible. So what should it be like? It, sh it shouldn't be filled with hot flashes and uh, no. misery. What, what should it feel like? 
You know, it should just be easy. I love that word. Isn't it wonderful? Easy. <laughs> um, natural. Um, if you are eating, if a woman is eating nutrient-dense foods, um, then she's getting the nutrients she needs for her body to uh, weather the changes, the hormonal changes. Um, there does not need to be massive weight gain, which people complain about, women complain about during menopause. They just, I hear it all the time. Oh, I'm pre-menopausal or I'm menopausal. I'm gaining so much weight. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not, that doesn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm having lots of hot flashes. You know, I can't, you know, um, I can't sleep through the night. Okay, so these are all, sim- the more severe your symptoms, the more um, that is an indicator of, of imbalance. Yeah. So, okay. you know, if you're eating, um, again, we have to take the toxins out. You must take the hormones that are out of the diet. So, you know, if you're going to have dairy, which we totally uh, promote and suggest, then it's got to be... Um, you know, organic dairy, raw dairy from pasture cows. There are hormones everywhere, and they are affecting um, affecting people's uh, hormonal levels, and then thus their menopausal experience. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to continue to focus on menopause in the next segment. So thank you for this info. We're going to keep going with that. But before we go, let's thank our sponsor for today's show, Are you familiar with the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Nutritional Protocol? Get the book that Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride says everyone needs. Monica Corrado's ebook, Meat Stock and Bone Broth, Cooking Techniques for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome Diet. This book is available at selenereverpress.com. S-E-L-E-N-E, riverpress.com. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado, and we've covered a lot of great points about optimal nutrient-dense foods during pregnancy, during lactation, and we're just getting into menopause now. Stay tuned, and we'll see you with more stuff on the flip side. or twitter.com forward slash voice America TRN. Introducing the Abundance Cubed coaching program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Malhotra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm here with teaching chef and author Monica Corrado. We're talking about a circle for a nutritious life. And during this show, part two, we're talking about motherhood and menopause. Whereas in part one, which we aired on May 24th, we talked about preconception and pregnancy. So we're covering a lot of ground with these, and we're going to have one more installment of this series as well. So on the previous side of this break, we started talking about menopause in great detail, uh, the importance of bioavailable calcium, the importance of getting it from raw milk, cultured milk, and an interest, very interesting fact that I learned from Monica is that milk from the brown cows is better than from the black and white Holsteins, which we so often associate with milk production. So, Monica, tell us, why is that? Oh, what a very good question. Thank you, Sandra. Um, <laughs> very interesting. So, yes, we have been uh, for generations now um, seeing a black and white cow on dairy products. And um, we all think that that's the cow that we want to be getting our dairy products from. The reality is black and white cows are called Holsteins. Holsteins are what we call Franken cows, Mm. which are cows, or I call them that. Uh, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride calls them that, too. Okay. Um, They are cows that were bred to be very high milk producers. Um, They they produce uh, up to a third more uh, 30% more milk than brown cows do. And at the same time, the quality of the milk is a lot lower than um, the milk from brown cows, meaning it's lower in butter fat, uh, milk fat. Um, in the olden days, we uh, milk was prized for the amount of fat that was in it. And uh, now, of course, when we went low fat, no fat, they don't really... They stopped prizing high-fat milk. Um, The other piece uh, of difficulty that the Holsteins uh, produce is they have a certain type of casein. Casein is milk protein that people have allergies to, remembering that food allergies are always allergies to a protein. Um, So casein in black and white cows is what humans, the majority of, humans cannot digest. Um, They react to it. Um, So, uh, and then the protein or the casein from uh, brown cows, uh, people do not have problems with. So the brown cows are, um, uh, they're called them uh, Swiss, you know, brown Swiss uh, or Swiss brown cows. They're Jersey cows. They're Guernsey cows. Um, there's a reason why we used to say, how now, brown cow. Right. Brown, <laughs> brown cows are uh, typically, the world over, they are the dairy cows because of the quality of the milk that they produce. So um, don't be fooled, folks, when you see that black and white cow on your organic, there is a specific brand I'm not going to mention, 
Um, Shall remain nameless. You know, on yes. that organic dairy that has a black and white cow as their logo, they are just uh, showing you that they have bought into uh, mass-produced dairy, which is why the Holstein was brought online, if you would. Right. Not about quality here, folks. It's about quantity. The Holsteins are about quantity. So. Right. Yes. Yep. And we're yep. going to be seeing brown cows at the farm for your culturing dairy class, correct? Yes. We're going to see yeah. beautiful brown cows. I saw them just about three weeks ago, and they are beautiful, and they would love you to see them and come pet them on the nose um, <laughs> in the pasture when they're chewing and eating their beautiful grass. Yep, yep, just being awesome cows. Okay. Yep. So now in the couple of minutes that we have left, uh, are there any po other pointers you have regarding nourishment during menopause? You know, um, really the biggest thing for menopause and staying balanced during menopause in terms of food has to do with dairy. Calcium, bioavailable calcium is your friend. Mm. Um, full fat, uh, cultured dairy, raw if you can get it, and um, if you can't get it, then again, you know, organic uh, yogurt, um, whole milk, whole milk, whole milk. Fat is your friend, so we need... Good amounts of butter, uh, grass-fed butter, good amounts of bioavailable calcium. Those are your friends through menopause. Um, and then, of course, just eating a nutrient-dense diet. So yeah. we're talking about eggs from pastured hens. We're talking about beautiful meat stocks and bone broth. Uh, we're talking about fermented foods. Um, all of those things are wonderful. Um, in terms of brain health, uh, a lot of women complain of brain fog when they get to menopause. And so the first thing I say is cut out sugar and processed food. Mm. Uh, that can be contributing to brain fog. Uh, the second thing I say is heal your leaky gut. If that's not enough, then we have a gut issue going on. Uh, do that through um, eating meat stock, drinking meat stock, etc. But just a really... Um, Oh, and one more thing, which is make sure you're having a lot of butter because butter, grass-fed butter, um, has the perfect fatty acid profile for brain, uh, brain health, omega-3s, 6s, etc. So um, those are the things that you want to be eating uh, through menopause to keep yourself well, for sure. And one more thing. Um, please, ladies, please. Uh, do not rev your adrenals by drinking lots of coffee. I mean, it'll wreck your bones mm -hmm. and it'll rev your adrenals. And um, if you're tired, you need more minerals. So get that beautiful Celtic salt in that diet. Do not be afraid of fat. Do not be afraid of full fat, you know, milk and yogurt. Uh, make sure you're using liberal amounts of those things, including good salt in your diet. Interesting. You mentioned a lot of coffee. Do you mean any coffee or just like multiple cups a day? Oh, this is another series, Sandra, I think. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but coffee, uh, we have to remember coffee is multi-layered. So first of all, make sure that you're eating, drinking organic coffee only or then we've got the toxins problem, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, if you're going to drink coffee, then make sure you're drinking organic. Make sure you're drinking... Um, Ah, decaf or half-calf, 
or at least just one cup, you know, yeah. those types of things. Um, and also coffee is, um, there's a reason why people all over the world put milk and cream in their coffee, because coffee will leach calcium from your bones. And so if you put cream in your coffee, we're talking about cream. This is not a skinny latte. This is a brevet. Go brevet. <laughs> this is half and half. Um, that will help uh, not only uh, modulate any sugar that we know you're not putting in there, but um, it will also <laughs> protect the bones. So, you know, uh-huh. it's kind of like a neutral. You drink the coffee, brain says, ah, leach calcium from the bones. Then you put in your milk, and it brain says, oh, okay, we're doing all right. So mm, that's the okay. beginning of a conversation on coffee. That could be a whole other conversation, but for now, oh, yeah. that's, that's a good tip. That's a really good mm-hmm. tip as to how mm-hmm. if you're going to drink it, how to drink it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Monica. This was so much great information today. Uh, so much good advice for how to get through these stages of life gracefully. Um, that it doesn't have to be horrific. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, it's supposed it to be ease and grace, folks. The, the, the female body is, uh, when it is well nourished, it's, yeah, it's supposed to be ease and grace. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Monica. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Sandra. What fun. I will stay tuned for the next episode. Exactly. Right? We're doing the next part, uh, but. Uh, thank you for having me on, and I hope to see lots of people at the farm tour on or farm tour at the farm <laughs> class on July 9th. That's right. Yes, I can't wait. Well, thank you, and thank you everyone for joining us today. And don't forget to follow Gen R Holistic Media on Facebook, and also check out all of the great articles we have on the Regeneratemagazine.com website. And we will see you next week, same time, for our monthly installment of the Abundance Cubed Group Coaching Program. For wellness entrepreneurs, business coach Noam Kastuki will join me for a discussion about sales and sales strategies. A lot of really good stuff there. So hope you can join us. Thanks again for stopping by today, everyone. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.